Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Hey, hey, listen, we're back. Three points in the gap. Hey, listen, man. It's been a while. It's been a while, but you know something, right? Listen, DJ, please turn down the music. Let, let, let me just speak to the people a hot second, because you know what, yeah? A lot of you out there were asking, where's three points in the gaff? When's three points in the gaff coming back? Well, listen, come on, man. We were never going to let you down. We're here. We might be a bit late, but the Derby day was the best day to come back on, and this is when we're back. So listen, Northern Vibes, you know how we do. You know who it is. It's Pundit J. And I'm here with Jay Motty, and I'm here with City Fan Mike's. You know how we get down. But listen, people, I want to talk to you straight up. Do you know what I mean? Straight to the hardcore listeners that tune in and that. Right. This podcast, yeah, it's a monthly podcast, right? So every month, the first Monday of every month, yeah, between now and the end of the season, we're going to be here. We're going to do a little bit through the World Cup and all that as well. So make sure you lock in with that. But yeah. It's a monthly podcast. So, yeah, I know some of you are like, rah, because a, f- a few people said to me, rah, it's not going to be weekly. Nah, not, not this season. But listen, we're going to be here dissecting everything, talking about the red half and the blue half of Manchester. Do you know what I mean? And Premier League topics, England topics, Crusades, World Cup season. So make sure you tune in every month for three points in the gaff. Do you know what I mean? And listen, this season, we've got some, we've got some sponsors on board as well. So big up the sponsors. And before we get into it, people, yeah, I'm going to, a quick word for one of our sponsors, actually, DNA Sports Management. They specialise in supporting families and providing first-class representation to sports athletes such as Manchester United's Marcus Rashford and many other young sports people built on values of hard work, determination and striving to be the best. DNA Sports Management is a family-orientated business that manages external and corporate affairs as well as providing first-class community-focused sessions and support across the Northwest. So for more information, go to DNA Sports Management's website, www.dnmaysportsmgt.com. So people, go check them out. They're doing good stuff out here, yeah? So Motty, it's Derby Day. It is Derby Day. This is a little bit different this time out because last time, Pundit, you were more like the host. You were doing all the hosting duties and me yeah. and Mike's were, were arguing for most of the episodes. But I'm going to step aside a little bit and let, you know, I'm going to be a bit more of a host and let you get into the nitty gritty when it comes to, to fighting in the red corner. I'm, I'm glad I am, to be honest with you. But we're going to get into the Derby <laughs> Day a little bit later on. So we are going to obviously get into that. that nine L- later on. La, we la, want la, to get into Derby Day right now. La, what, what, hold up. Listen, we've got many topics. We'll try and squeeze the Derby Day in at the, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> listen, we've we'll got the people talk. and waiting. That, that needs yeah. to be discussed immediately. But okay, we'll, 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 we'll roll with the new host vibe. We'll roll with the new host vibe. <laughs> we'll talk about the nine goal thriller in a bit. <laughs> um, first of all, though, I want to just call it, we're going to talk a little bit about the current news because. There's been a lot going on in the world of football, despite, obviously, Erling Haaland and what went on at the Etihad. When it comes to Manchester United and, and in England, there's been these sort of reports and stories and all this stuff about Harry Maguire. 
I was chatting to Mark Ogden from ESPN the other day. He was talking about Maguire and there was these stories that he wasn't happy at United and he'd been leaking. Stories had been leaking out. Pundit, I'll start with you, man. What do you make of that sort of stuff about Maguire? Because he's been getting a lot of grief. Mm. Some people may look at it and say it's OTT. Others say he's the most expensive defender in the world. He's not been playing well enough. He deserves it. You know what, bro? I see Maguire cup his ears sliding on his knees at Wembley to the England fans. And when you're doing that type of stuff, bro, you've got to be performing in it. You can't be cupping your ears and then not perform. And that's the problem with Maguire. He's basically, a lot of stuff's coming out and you're thinking to yourself, okay, listen, lad, get on the pitch, concentrate and put in your performances because your form's off. Let's not make no mistake, but his form's been off for a good while. And if you're a captain of Manchester United, you're going to come under scrutiny anyway. So to me, it just looks like he's bringing more pressure on himself. Do you know what I mean? And obviously his price tag is a big, obviously he didn't choose his price tag, but he's got a big hefty price tag and he looks big and hefty. And when you're big and hefty like that and you're not putting in performances and you've got that price tag, you put all of it together and then you start hearing stories in the press and all that. You think, nah, you know what? He's not concentrating on what he's supposed to be concentrating on. And yeah, he's got a lot of work to do because right about now, bro, Varane, Varane ain't moving out of that position and Ten Hag, he's got his captain on. On the bench, I mean, for me, he's going to stay there for a long while, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. And I, I remember us talking about this last season with the Maguire cup in his ears. And I think I said at the time, if you're going to do stuff like that, you do it with your chest out, say it with your chest out, and to yeah. try and make out like, oh, I didn't mean nothing by it. It was just a knee sliding celebration. And then these stories and these rumours. Mike, from someone looking from the outside looking in, when you see all the stuff that goes on with Maguire and you haven't really got a dog in the fight. What do you make of it all? Do you think some of this grief he gets is a bit OTT? Or do you think, you know what, he's just not not up to the levels he should be? So, for me, <laughs> if you're asking me, I think Maguire should play every week. Throw him in <laughs> every single week. Get him, get, get him a game. Now, on a serious note, right, what I think it, it, it's come with a hefty price tag in it, and that's not helped him a lot. Because I don't think he's playing... I think... Coming with a hefty price tag and with you guys desperate to get back, challenging for stuff, every little minute detail becomes a major issue when you're out winning games, in it. So there's been other players down the years that have probably cuffed their ears, done stuff, done stuff worse than that. And because he's gone in there now, been given the captain's armband, not really got experience of winning anything, there's probably bigger personalities in the dressing room. It's kind of become a bit tough for him to kind of eke out his own little his personality and put his stamp on this dressing room below. Because at, at this moment in time, I don't think that's his dressing room. If you go back to City's captain of yesterday, Vincent Company, when he was leading us to stuff, that was Vincent Company's dressing room. He commanded that respect. And I don't think Maguire's got that. And what's not helping is, you see, he sat on the bench for most of the season, which to me, if he's your main guy, a manager tends to, no matter what performance is like, get your guy back in there quickly. Uh, but that's not happening. So there's a little bit there with whether Ten Hag actually thinks he's of the required level. I, I never ever thought he was of the required level personally. But Pundit and others tried to convince me, get someone alongside him and he'll Why be you all right. my name? Because, I just said he's a because, decent player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, 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 no. At, at one point, you were talking like he was up for a Ballon d'Or. Uh, <laughs> a Ballon d'Or and that. Hold on. So, 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 so hang on, let me finish. Hang on, let me finish. So, at one point, you said to me, you said, you know what? He's a decent player. Get someone next to him. be all right. You've had your... Then last year, I remember on the pod, you came on, we've got Champions League Varane in. He's now Europa League Varane, my I had. You get me? So, I remember all that last year. You get me? And, and he's, he's still not... The cream's not risen. So, he's obviously not cream. 
you know. So I, I personally think it's a bit too much for him. I think I think he should move on. I actually think he'd still do a decent job in a top half of the league table team, but the pressure and scrutiny that's on him at, at United at the minute, I just think there's a few there that I think should just cut, cut the ties and get off and start afresh and they'll probably do all right. And I think he's one of them. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Matt, a pundit, like yeah. obviously mentioned Varane there and he's picked up, we're going to get to the derby later, but he has picked up another injury derby. Do you think there's still a chance that Maguire can turn this around at United? Because he could get opportunities with Varane's injury record. There are a lot of games with the Europa League, unfortunately, there are going to be games thick and fast. Do you think this, he could still have a future United? Or do you think it could be a chance of, you know, things aren't going well for him on the pitch? There's all these rumours off the pitch. Does he just need to go to a smaller club and, and rejuvenate himself? You know what? Let, let, let's just get this straight, yeah? yeah. Maguire, yeah? He isn't a rubbish player, yeah? So right. everyone, just get that out of your head. He's not a rubbish player. He's having a very, very tough time. Because let's not forget, yeah, the first two years when he came to Man United and United were finishing second, nobody was saying that, yeah, oh, Maguire's had a huge problem as, no. as they are today. So let's just get that out of the window. He's a decent player. Now, yeah. there's levels, though, of decency, <laughs> do you know what I mean, out here. And at the moment, Maguire isn't hitting the levels of decency that Manchester United re- re- require. And when you're coming back and playing games like for England and you're thinking like you're dribbling like Lucio and you get tackled, do you understand me? You've got to understand who you are and what you are and where you are in in in, in it in a certain team and structure and setup. And right about now, Maguire's not anywhere. He shouldn't really be playing for England, in my sense. We'll speak about him later. But for Man United, I think he will get opportunities because Varane's injury-prone, isn't it? Like, one week Varane's yeah. here, the next week Varane's not. So, he will get chances. The problem Maguire's going to have is if Ten Hag looks at him and thinks, do you know what? Yeah, I still don't trust you. And goes out and gets another centre-half because Lindelof sat there thinking, hold on a sec, where am I getting my games? And right about now, a lot of the Man United fan base think, Lindelof's better than Maguire. Do you know what I mean? Bailly had to get off and Phil Jones is still in Carrington. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Chilling. So, there's a lot of... I think Maguire's got to take his future. I think he's got to have a serious think about his future, bro, because it's getting peak for him, innit? And, and and it's going to end one way and I don't see him having a long-lasting career at Man United. Yeah, I, I do start to feel now, like, I'm with you on the Maguire, like, how he, you know, people want to dismiss what he did well at Manchester United over the last couple of years because, you know, over the last... You know, first two years, I should say, because finishing third and second, can't just ignore that. That you mm. know, that is a decent return for a, you know for for the team and what have you. And he was a big part of that. But now everyone's like, oh, he's always been rubbish for United, and, and that's not the case. But I just wonder whether it just he just doesn't seem happy, and he, everything just seems to be too much for him. And maybe he does need that move, but we'll, we'll see. He was linked with Chelsea in the summer, and obviously that was a bit of a strange one. Didn't happen. Um, I don't think it was ever going to happen. I think it might have just been a little bit of paper talk, but. Graham Potter did end up going to Chelsea. Um, a, a sort of well-respected manager, obviously an English manager, and he's gone there and he's got a, a big job. And we see this a lot with English managers, don't we? We've seen it with Lampard, with Gerard, mainly for, based on what they've done with the, the, the playing career. But Potter's a bit different because it's just based on his on his managerial sort of credentials. What, what have you made of that, Mike? The fact that Potter's gone to Chelsea. It's always a bit too soon to say how well he's going to do. How well he's going to do. Do you think there is a bit of a sort of a... An advantage for certain managers, maybe English managers in particular, they get the, the top jobs. 
or do you think it's you know it's, 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 it's a fair exactly. playing field? Yeah, so I think this is it's a rarity an English manager getting a top job. So I'm intrigued yeah. to see how it pans out. Um, you know, Graham Potter's got a nice steady style about him, and um, he, he's 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 kind of his his rise to that job is is very interesting. Um, like I say, he had a couple of university jobs before he got into pro management. Then he went over to um, is it Austrian Sons or whatever they're called in where in the in the Sweden. I was yeah, about to, I was about to correct you then, but when I went to speak, I thought I don't know what to yeah, ask well, well, I know what you mean. But... but then they got that result at the Emirates in the Europa League a few years back, and that kind of put him right on the, the, the on the map and that and stuff. Um, and then he's done. Then he got then he got his move to Swansea, and then and then obviously Brighton. So he's done. He's he's come up quite. He's had a nice progressive career, and he's to me he deserves his chance. And like you see, my only thing though with 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 the um, how how his teams have to be Brighton per se. Is and people can say this is down to players or whatnot. They, they do have large patches of underperformances, even though they've still got that nice, easy on the eye style. Um, performances they do have loads of dips in seasons and heavy, heavy dips as well. And then it's been back on track and that, but um, yeah, I might. But you, you, you're saying there, yeah, he deserves his chance. So let me cl- get this clear now because Ollie and Potter have a similar CV, yeah. Ollie went to Scandinavia. Won a title with Molder and all them type of things. And Potter, he went to Sweden, I think it was. And he won a couple of cups in Osterins and that. So when you say he deserves his chance, are you telling me now that Oli deserved his chance at Man United then? No, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is Graham Potter's had, what was it, two or three steady years in the Premiership, not relegated a team like you man there who pretty much went down with Cardiff, you know, so... You know, he, and, he, and he's Roland, but that's not far off finishing 16th and 7th and 16th. No, 15th, no, no, which, no, which no. So, so, Hang on a minute, Pundi, hang on a sec. That's like saying second is not far off from we might, we might, we're claiming you won a league. No, you didn't win. So you either go down or you stay up. There's no thin line between that, Pundi. It's down or up. I'm just, asking, I'm just asking the question, right? Because you no, said he deserves his chance. So where did he deserve his chance? Do you think he deserved the Chelsea job? There's probably there's probably better, more qualified managers than, than Potter that should have got that Chelsea job. But Chelsea have gone down the route of employing um, certain types of manager before and decided they don't want to go somewhere different. And, and that's their choice. I personally think there was another job in between for, for Potter, you know? So, but what I want to say, I deserve his chance. I say he did probably deserve to see him at, at another level up. And, mm. and Chelsea was that next level up for him, which is probably two levels up. But, um, but yeah, I think I'm interested to see how it pans out. What What do you make of this pundit? It's a bit weird for Chelsea to go with the the the, the sort of almost untried up and coming manager. They usually go out, don't they? And they get the big name, the biggest yeah. name that's out there, like the, yeah. the Thomas Tuchel or the, the Jose Mourinho or the Gus Hiddink or the Lou Scalari or whoever. It's always the yeah. biggest name you can get who's available. They've got it a little bit differently. They've gone okay. Who's not necessarily the biggest name available? Who's the most sort of flavour of the month manager? What do you reckon? Are you surprised by this appointment and do you think it's going to work? Do you know what? Yeah, initially I was surprised, but then I realised Todd Bowl is a bit of a madman, isn't it? He was, scooting, <laughs> he was scooting around Europe with cash, you get me, just flinging it everywhere and that. Do you know what I mean? I thought, don't you dare come to the red side of Manchester, son. Do you get <laughs> me? But he was out there doing his stuff. And so for me, I look at it and I thought, all right, Green Potter, I like Green Potter. I think he's a very good manager. Do you know what I mean? He's got a good yeah. style. He improves players. Do you know what I mean? So I looked at it and I thought, Todd, this, this is a Todd. I think this is a Todd appointment, innit? He's probably looked around and thought, you know what? I'm going to go for him. A bit of a madcap appointment. Wasn't really expected, but you know what? 
He's got to go in there and do the job because make no mistake about it, Chelsea have got expectations in it. Now, I understand it's not the Roman Abramovich regime, but uh, Chelsea is still Chelsea and Chelsea spend dough. And everybody goes on about United and City spending money. But listen, let's let's take a look at Chelsea spending, thank you very much, because they spend a lot of money and haven't won a title in how many years? Nobody wants to talk about it, though. So Potter's there now, so I think the pressure's on him. And he's going to have to do his bit in it. And if he doesn't, he'll probably be out the door. Like I said, Todd, Todd's a bit of a madman. Do you know what I mean? So, do, yeah. do, do you think he deserved it, Pundi? Um, I, I, I agree with what you said before. I think there was another step up for him in it. I didn't think Potter would have been in the top three candidates for that job straight away in it. So I see where Chelsea have been. But like I said, it's under a new regime in it. And now Potter's in there. He has to perform. Otherwise, he'll be planting potatoes. Do you know what I mean? In his garden. Quite, quite, do you know I'm very fast because th- this is how the game is now. Do you know what I mean? No, it is. And, and Chelsea, regardless of the fact they got new ownership, it does feel like this is going to be you know another one of them where you know if you have a few bad weeks, he could be on his way because like you called him there, there's a bit of a madman. I mean, this guy early he wants to do like these all star games and all sorts of nonsense. Don't he? He's, he doesn't strike me as someone who's going to be very patient if the results aren't great. But um, listen, we'll wait and see what happens with Chelsea and that. Anyway, it'll be an interesting one because I think Potter, like you say, he's a good manager, he's a progressive manager, um, and you know deserves a, he deserves a crack at a bigger job. Whether this is a step too far, we'll have to wait and see. Um, from sort of instability at Chelsea, some more stability at Manchester City. There's rumours of Pep Guardiola and Phil Foden getting new contracts. Could be a big money one for Phil Foden. Mike's, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask you anyway. Do you think this is? Deserve? Do you think Foden deserves a, a big money deal? Yeah, thoroughly. You know, uh, four Premier League titles, um, very decorated career, and he's been a, a big part of of of, of bringing home trophies um, to the club and that. Uh, so yeah, definitely, he, he should be up there with the top earners. He's, he's he's a main starter in that team now and one of our key players. So I've got absolutely no no complaints. Um, as we'll get into it a bit later, there he's now smacking hat tricks and in divers and stuff. So. You know, it's, it's just one of those deserving. You know, I, I hope he stays at City all his career. Me, I, I think he's quality, and I think there's been there was rumours about he's a, a bit of dipping form. I just think the hype had kind of dipped off, but he was still doing key things that Phil Foden does. He's still creating chances. He's still getting on the ball. Still, still, still making sure the play connects up with the rest of the team. So I, I'm more than happy with Phil Foden, and I'm I, I don't care if he joins the top earners. Me, I think he's I think he's that good. Pundit. Despite the fact United fan, I know you've been speaking a lot about Phil Foden. You've been impressed with him since day one. What yeah. do you make of the fact he's getting a, a, you know, looks like a long-term deal? I mean, he is, a, like Mike said, he came through the ranks. He's a City fan. It just seems This is one of those things that almost seems like a complete no-brainer, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I agree with Mike's on this one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he deserves it. I think he deserves to be on big money. Local kid, you know, the sacrifices you've got to make, the pr- extra pressure. He's kind of like their symbol, in it? Like, he's their academy player, the first one that's come through in this era, in a sense. Do you know what I mean? As the main guy, and you think, yeah, do you know what? He's performing in an elite team, you know. Let's not forget, he's performing in a very good team, a high-level team. So, for him to be doing that, showing who he is, showing what he is, got the table, um, sorry, m- medals around his neck, He's got trophies in his cabinet. I can't complain. He deserves every penny. And do you know what? I think City should should look after him as well because what it does, it sends a message right through that club. If you're young, if you've got the talent, if you come to our first team and perform, we will look after you and your career and your bank balance. And I think that's right. Do you know what I mean? And to be quite honest, there's a little stat that I've seen today. I think this is 50th goal under Pep and his first player 
to score 50, on, um, the fastest player to score 50 goals under Pep Guardiola, fa- faster than Messi as well. So, listen, big props to Phil Foden, Stockport, lad, and all that local. So, yeah, man, big him up. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, quickly, you're on right. Like you said, oh, go on, go on, like go on, Max. Now, I'll say that's a completely second that one that you're right. Like you see, he's in game, he's not, he's, he's not a bit part player, he's involved in games, you know, when we're going to places at home or away, scoring four, fives, and sixes, you know. Is, 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 this guy what? is getting this thing, bro. <laughs> Wait, seriously, like, do you know I'm what? We, we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. We, like, I mean, like, you can't help take it. your medicine sometimes, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, just quickly, um, there's also rumours of Pep Guardiola signing a new deal as well. I mean, what you, Mike's, is this going to happen? Or what do you think? Is he, is he here for the longer or Pep Guardiola? Because there's always rumours, isn't there, that maybe he'll go back to Spain one day or whatever. Do you, do you see him staying at City and building a, a true legacy? A, tr- a true legacy? Are you having yeah. a laugh? The legacy yeah. has been built, me under no certain... Oh, right, right. all right. He's only been there five years or what, six years so far. I mean, like, doing a, a Fergie or a, a Wenger or whatever. Staying for, like, you know, the long haul. Right, OK, well, that rarely happens in the modern era anyway. So, actually, this six years is actually, for the times we're in, is quite a long time in football management. And the legacy is well and truly built. You know, um, for me, I want him to stay for as long as he can. But I I won't be grudging for the stuff he's done at our club. I won't be begrudging the time that he decides that he wants to move on to a new challenge. I'll be devastated, obviously. But um, but yeah, I I, I hope he signs. Yeah, it just keeps rolling and rolling on. Um, At the moment, it feels like he still thinks there's things to achieve. He's still... I don't know. It feels like every year he's, he's he's redeveloping the squad. We had quite a big clean out this summer, which was interesting. Like, see, I if you'd have sat down on on um, the week before the season ended last year and, and told me Jesus and Sterling were, and Zinchenko were all going to leave the club, I would have thought that's quite a big some some first team big hitters there that would be going out the door. So actually, he's actually in the midst of another bit of a rebuilding process, which sounds kind of mad. Um, yeah, so, I think it, I think he's rebuilt City a couple times already. You know. Low key, I think he's been he's rebuilt that team a few times from that Fernandinho, what yeah, yeah, Joe Hart when he was their company, Silver and yeah, and, and, and Aguero and all that. And now, what is it, Rodri and Diaz and Edison and whoever else? Do you know what I mean? I think he's rebuilt it a couple times in his time that he's been there, but yeah, man, for United fans, though, boy, what's he the back of Pep's ball there? Thank you. Do you know what? Do you know what? I mean? you know, you know what? I do, right? I do, but. The sad thing is, and like obviously, you know, there's different levels of Pep Guardiola. Let's not pretend there isn't. But I think the city, Mike's mentioned it last year on the podcast, and I had to agree with him. The setup you've got there, as long as you don't get a complete David Moyes in or whatever, they're mm. always going to be successful. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, Pellegrini was successful, Mancini was successful. And okay, you know, you're unlikely to get a manager as good as Pep Guardiola, but it, it seems like there's a structure in place there that someone can come in as a talented manager and you've got the right setup. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, but no, I'm with you, Max. I, I sorry, Pundit. I, I hope he doesn't sign. I hope he, you know, goes and does something else for a bit. Um, anyway, <laughs> enough <laughs> about enough about Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. Let's talk about the derby. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> hey! we've got to that time, haven't we? We've got we've got to go into it. Yeah, obviously, Manchester City, and Manchester United playing at the Etihad, six three, um, to to the blue half of Manchester. <sighs> Mike's, we'll, we'll start with you. There's no point in um, in, in sugarcoating this from, from our point of view or putting it off any longer for me and Pundit. Just mm. give us your sort of take on, on the game at, at the Etihad. Absolute demolition. You know, 
Uh, like you said, there's no fighting anger around the bush. Let's just get into absolute demolition. Those those three consolation goals you got there, to be honest with you, were a little, <laughs> a little bit disappointing. For, for yeah, why have you gone straight to the consolation goal? Talk consolation, about, you know, talk about <laughs> first half, man. Right, right, <laughs> Well, I didn't know whether to start the fourth goal, the fifth or the sixth one. <laughs> Are you all right? Do it, do it chronologically. Go on, start from the first. Yeah, well, the first. Start, start <laughs> if you got him. We straight away, we've kicked off, suffocated couldn't get out, lizard lot. I felt you know, it felt like we were hunting in the wild for, for some, some small prey. We had about five or six shots where you're scrambling across, scrambling across your box. The gear makes a great save, and then it's like, okay, this is a good start. And then... After that, we just got going. Phil Bolden's finish for that first goal to me is completely underrated. The fact that he's coming across his body, he just he just hooks his foot round the ball and flicks it into the top corner. What what a finish, by the way. Um, you know, and it was all kind of started from 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 his side as well. The ball started on his side, he's worked it in, and the link up play between him and Haaland's becoming more and more evident every week. And it's it's a joy to watch, to be honest with you. Um what did you guys make of the first goal? Yeah, but Mike, one set. Because you, I, Motty, if you clock this guy right, what he's done here now, he's talked about Bowden and Haaland and Lizard yeah. Lock and all that, yeah. And I was and I would have suffocated. Why why is he not mentioned Grealish? This is the guy that told me, yeah, yeah. that Grealish should have been started. You know what, Pundit? I'm I'm glad you've brought this up because I know you've you've mentioned Grealish before and I've seen a few things floating around. And Grealish, it annoyed me from United point of view how much freedom we gave him, but he looked the business, unfortunately, today yeah. he did then. He did. Yeah, listen, my today. Grealish was fantastic. He was up against that Delot kid. Like, listen, right, before we even. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think he's like right. a punchline. No, no, no. no. All right, listen. But I tell you, I reckon I could have ran him ragged today. He was absolutely shocking from the, from, from the opening minute. But to be fair to Grealish, nah, listen, today he was fantastic. And that's the type of Grealish you want to see picking up the ball, driving at. Um, was it Delo? Delo? He looked pretty low to you. Delo. Tell you that. Hey. He had just driving at him, causing him all sorts of problems. He didn't know where to go. Left, inside, outside, right, up, down. He was all over the shop. And I tell you what, Anthony thought, well, I'm not helping. Just packed it in. Anthony didn't want to help out back there. So, you know, that, like I say, really was, the, all of our attacking players today were, were, were class, to be fair. Um, no complaints about any, any of them. Um, I like to see that first half, you know, once it got to 4 0, I'll admit, half time going in, I, I started, I, I went for the Guinness Book of Records, me and started thinking we could make it. We yeah. could have, this could be the day. Yeah. We get to what, what, what do you make of that, Pundit? Because I'm going to get to some reaction. We've got a few people who've sent in post match reactions. We'll get into them in a minute. But yeah. I want to ask you, Pundit, like, me and Mike were talking just before we started recording. There's a part of me that almost, it's not probably a bit of a strong word to say relieved, but almost a little bit relieved that it ended. With a six-three, which sounds crazy to say, but at one point I thought this is going to be a eight or nine nil. Honestly, yeah. I was like stressing at half time that this could be. As Mike says, I know he's being like you know he's having a laugh, but it's true. I thought this could be a record-breaking result. Yeah. Now, you... you know what? I was the same, bro. I I thought right, this is going to be eight nil, but <laughs> United, United, listen, United turned up to the. This is a derby match, you know. This is, this is the derby match and United turned up to the match. Yeah, there was no passing. The passing was off. There was no fight. 
There was no desire. Do you know what it looked like? It looked like, do you know when the year sevens are playing football at like break time and the year elevens come along and take the ball and don't give it and back? That's what it looked like. It looked like the year elevens just bullied the year sevens on the pit. McTominay was horrid. Listen, I've been arguing all week and all, uh, the past two weeks, people say, nah, McTominay's got to start. I would say, listen, get Casemiro off that bench and get him in the centre of the park because McTominay will always show you what he is at some point. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, he's had a few decent games, but for half of the season that we've had, six games, three of them, he's been poor. So, so he's, in, he's, in, he's in here for the derby. Casemiro's on the bench. Do you know what I mean? It took, what, 38 minutes for United to have their first shot. 38 minutes in a derby, Motty. Pundit, Pundit, Pundit. Go on. Take, take, take a deep breath, son. It's tough and all. Take a deep breath. <laughs> tough and all. But listen, right, I, I, I'll tell you now, yeah. Uh, last year, we had this Ralph Ragnick kid with his Denzel <laughs> press. No, listen. No. You know what? I was waiting for like to say Gengen press. I was waiting for him. Whatever it was, this press, where Aaron Ronaldo is not being brought on the field to play because is this guy's press got a name? Or are we? Is this guy's press got a name? He said he's not being brought. He's not been given any game time because yeah, yeah. we've got some new press at play. I just didn't see a press, Jake. Hey, what is hey, it with the press over there? What is it with the press over there? <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, listen, let me tell you something. Let's just keep this real, yeah? yeah City are on a different level in terms of a football team. I, I'll hold my hands up. You are, are a very good team. I, I will always say that, even as a red, I'll say, you know what? Give them props. They're doing their thing. But United, you cannot go into a derby and play the way United play today and expect to get anything out, out, out of the game. You can't do it because no. City... We'll cut you apart. And that's exactly what... You know what? Ten out of the sub guys off at 25 minutes. I've seen the best managers, bro, do that in the first half of matches, Motty. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what, mate? You make a good point because... I, 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 I We was watching the game and I said, you know, the, the team set up, you can criticise and all that, but I think a lot of people sort of understood why he, he went with the team he did because of previous results we've just had. But maybe it needed to be drastic. Maybe he needed to do like... You remember Peak Jose? back in the day where 20 minutes, if yeah. it weren't going right, he'd make a double substitution. And this is yeah. when Jose Mourinho was winning Champions Leagues and league titles and all that. So yeah, maybe man. it needed something like that because you could see, after, bro, after 10 minutes, you could see this is going to be horrible. Bro, you know Were what, you like, happy see... with the line? Were you happy with the line to start? Let's get into that. Were you happy with the, what he, the starting line-up? Were you happy with the whole... I understood it. I, I know that sounds like a bit of a politician's answer, but I, I because of the results we've had and the form that certain players are in, I understood what he was thinking. Mike, Mike, what, tell the truth. Yeah. Did you have a little cheer when you heard Rodri was out? Did you have a little... Yeah, but bro, there's, there's video evidence of more than a cheer. I was banging <laughs> on with myself about, oh, this could be like the, the Champions League final when he had got a DM and all this nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know what though, Mike? Yeah, I weren't happy with one thing, yeah? And that was Sancho versus Walker. For the life... Listen, I was on the phone to my friend, yeah, before the match saying, why on earth are we playing Sancho Left wing against Walker. He's not going to outpace him. He's no. not going to outmuscle him. In fact, no. Walker could give him a 10-yard head start and he's still catching. So what was the point of it? You know, City were always going to push up on the board, push up to the halfway line. You play Sancho through, Walker's catching him. That What Walker needed on that side, yeah? He, he needed somebody fast against him to nullify that side because the ball kept rotating. You see Foden, what Foden was doing? was coming in off the line into the inside channels, which was giving space for Walker out, out, out wide. Sancho couldn't run. Sancho can't run. And listen, I asked the question on Twitter, what is it, a few weeks back, and I brought it up again. Is he better than Delafoe? <laughs> is he better than Delafoe? At his peak, we've got to start asking these serious questions because right about now, from what I've seen for £80 million, Sancho, it's not enough. And Bruno was doing my head in. He kept getting, getting the ball, 
giving it away, getting the ball, giving it away. In that first half, it was just it was just shocking. You were you were the only one. But just before we've just done the Sancho thing, do you do you think the system suits him? You, where how does he improve in this Man United team? Because I, I, I watch him play, and obviously you can see he's got ability with he's on the ball and that. But you just watch him, you think. How how does he turn it round and be like, you know what, he is affecting games like constantly? Or do you think he's not a guy that affects teams constantly? He'll just pop up in bit parts. How do you see that? How do you see that working out? Because it's even much better than Maguire, in your opinion. Well, to, to be honest, you know what it is? Sancho, obviously, United bought him and they didn't really have a structure in place in the first place or a system. So you brought a guy, you, you don't even really know what type of system. So Ten Hag's just turned up. So he's going to have to find a system that's going to suit different styles of players in it. At the moment, For the, after the first two games, it was all a mess. And then obviously the last four games have kind of sorted it out a bit. But the thing with Sancho is this, in Germany, I bet we couldn't name eight right-backs that he's had to face in Germany. Right, so when you're talking about athleticism and you're talking about desire and passion and fight, yeah, in Germany it's probably slightly different to the Premier League. You're not just going to skip past guys like Carl Walker. You're not just going to skip past certain man. You're not going to skip skip past Reese James. You're not going to do it so easily. Do you get what I mean? So he's up against guys in the Premier League that are much stronger, fitter, better. So he's going to have to step up his level. Now we don't know because Sancho's still young. How old is he? 21, 22. I think so. Yeah, I think he's 20. I think yeah, right. So he's that. not even fully. So he's not even fully developed yet. But what United do, too, yeah. which I always keep saying, they keep pu- pushing guys to the front of the stage and saying, "Go on then, do your stuff. Go on then, do your stuff." You can't push him to the front and say, "Go on then," with no system and no structure in place. So to me, I think Tanar's got his work cut out, and he's got to, have to find a system that's because right about now, I don't even think Tanar's playing the system he wants to play because of the, amongst of the players that he's got, all this sitting back and counter attack. That's not Tanar. That's not Tanar's ball. Tenag ball is what City do. Tenag ball is what Tuchel did at, at, at PSG. Dominate the ball, play football. Do you know what I mean? High up, halfway line, and dominate the game. And so hang like, on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You're not going to slip out of here with that. So why isn't he playing the way he plays? Because right now, yeah, yeah, you've got is 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 set a raft in there. He's gone and got he's got his midfielder in Ericsson there as well. He's gone and brought one of his forwards in Anthony. He's pretty much got. A spine of big lads in sorts of... No, he's got five, man. He's got five, man. And you can't, you can't... You, if you want to play a style of football, remember, it takes time. How long did it take Pep? How long did it take Pep for him to start looking like Pep in the Prem? Took him at least 12 months and three transfer windows. So it's not going to happen over six weeks for Tenard with a worse team than what Pep had when he came into City. Do you get me? It takes time and I feel like he's got a few components in place. But when you play a certain style of football, let's let, listen, Arteta's been at Arsenal for how many years? Three years. Seven transfer windows. That's the only reason why Arteta's looking like Arteta right now. They were shouting Arteta out two years ago. Do you get me? So it takes a bit of time. So you can't say, oh, because he's he's coming and he's bought three man, four man that, yeah. All, all of a sudden, his style's going to be playing. Do you know what I mean? Can I ask you, Pundit, what do you make of the, the goalkeeping situation there? Because Pep, when he came in, one of the biggest calls he made was to get rid of Joe Hart. And then he yeah. brought in Claudio Bravo, and then who he knew. And then when he wasn't doing what he wanted him to do. He brought in Edison and obviously that worked wonders. And I just watched when United try to play out the back and it's painful to watch. Yeah. And then we've abandoned that for some games as well where we've just gone, forget that, like against the Scousers. Forget playing out the back, just hoof it. And we got away with it. It worked then. What do you make of that? Do you think he needs to change his goalkeeper? Or do you think this goalkeeper can, can work in, in a system that Ten Hag wants to play? Well, sense. I think Ten Hag already knows whether De Gea is his man or not. And I feel like for the type of football he wants to play, the goalkeeper's vital. Vital. Yeah. Do 
you know what I mean? Passing with your feet. Do you know what I mean? Distribution. It's one of the key elements in the style of football that Tenag wants to play. Similar to, to like to Pepper Nut. Do you know what I mean? You need a goalkeeper who, because remember, they're starting the attack. They're actually acting like a 12th player. Do you know? Sorry, the, the 11th man outfield player. Sorry. Do you know what I mean? So when you're getting that ball and you're setting up your safe, you watch, even watch City and you watch Edison. He sometimes comes so far forward that he looks like he's playing in the middle of a back three. Do you get yeah. me? That's oh, he done a great sweeper so... job. He done a great sweeper job in a derby. The ball went over the top to Rashford. He was there. Just yeah, no, nah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah. And that's the thing. I looked at that and we were talking about when we was watching the game and the lad I was with, he said, you see, if that's the hair, he don't do that. Mm. You know, if that ball goes over the top for City, mm. they're, they're away because Edison came out straight away, read it, got there first, no danger. Rashford don't even get a shot off. Yeah. If you oh, stay oh, on your oh. line, you're yeah. in all sorts of trouble. But at the same time, sometimes we have to stop expecting things from players that are just, it's just not them, in it? Like, some yeah, people yeah. expect Maguire yeah. to be fast. He's not fast. No, no, you yeah. And also, David De Gea is 31 years old, you know what I mean? He's, he's not a kid who you're moulding. Right. This is, this, is this is the goalkeeper you've got. And right. he ain't going to be like that by the age of 31. He ain't going to be like that. Right. So, Do you know what I mean? And, that, and that's what I'm saying. So, Tenar is going to have to work out what he does with the hair straight, he's gonna have to, he's got he's got a couple of transfer windows coming up in his 12 months. He's gonna have to decide, listen, you're not what I need. See you later. Remember when Pep come in and had a word with Joe out? He was out the door straight away. Yeah. Do you get yeah. me? So yeah, I, I, man, there's lots to do, but yeah, I tell you what though, I don't think Anthony, the Brazilian guy, and Anthony Martial should come in should come under scrutiny or face much criticism simply because Anthony, it's his first derby and he's still a young a young guy, 22, scored a goal. Do you know what I mean? And to be quite honest with you, I didn't think he did that bad. Anthony I Martial, thought he was non-existent. I didn't until until that goal. I forgot he was playing me. So I, I, I thought I, the first I thought the first half he was very quiet. But yeah, you know, I, again, I, 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 yeah, but I mean, but, but I mean, like, but, yeah, but, but, but then he but then he pops up with a goal of the game though, so you can't be too critical. Yeah, you can't. You got to leave him out of this one, do you know, everybody else can get sent to hell because it was awful. Do you get me? But Anthony Martial, you come off the bench, bag two goals and all that, and, can't and, and, that. and you can't, you can't pundit, fault that. Do you know what pundit, I mean? Go on, pundit. I've, I've been seeing you active on Twitter over the last few weeks around uh, your yeah. your half man. There. You set a rat, sorry, not half man. You, 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 <laughs> nah, don't be cheeky. You set a rat, and that's yeah. talking Jamie Carragher because Jamie Carragher think made a comment around him getting he'll get eaten up by a big set of forwards. Yeah, Far got an hat trick today, pundit. Didn't see yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't get an hat trick any, today. Any, any yeah, today, pundit or what? Yeah, no, nah, we got he got an hat trick today. But listen, let's ask how many of those goals was Martinez at fault for though? How many? I'll tell you now. Yeah, he was Go found on. wanting on a few, and a man have just ran across him on that. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Mike, you lied. In the back, of the back of the net. Nah, I'd, say, I'd say I'd say the only one personally when I was watching the game that I thought Martinez needs to do better was Haaland's third because he gives him too much space. And, He's and, the nearest and one to him. Yeah. And, and, let, let, and let me... He was watching there, Phil Foden for the first was drifting to the box. Nah, 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 nah. Do you know what? Lindelof could have done more there as well. And to be honest with you, he didn't get beaten in the air. That's that's what Carragher was talking about. I think... I and, think, yeah, and I think... did score in there, though. Don't know who was in and around it. Nah, that was... that was. I mean, for starters, that's... Shambolic didn't United even because see him because he's still Varane... strong. Let's just have it right. <laughs> <laughs> nah, don't be cheeky. Listen, but yeah. Alan scored just... it, and that wasn't even anything to do with Martin. Yeah, but you know what? The point is, somebody was there. Yeah, but the point, hold on, hold on a sec, Mike. Seeing as you want to talk about Mike, let me ask you a question about your guy there, Harlan, because I remember last season asking you on this podcast, 
oh, Mike, do you want hard? And you were like, oh, giving it the, mm, mm, I'm not too sure, oh, you know. No, no, I don't know guys. if you need him, you know. I, Talk I, to I, me, bro. What happened? I, I, no, no. Let's just get the facts right here. I, we all have to deal with the pundit when he starts quoting things incorrectly. Let's no, no, no. Nah, nah. Quoting it correctly. Let's you Go said on. to me, do we need Haaland? And my point to you was, Pundit, we've won the league without a striker. Right. Who won the league, Pundit? You tell me you won the league. I, I, listen, I, hey, listen, the, the Man United Museum opens at nine o'clock, son. If you want to get there, do you get me? There's trophies on show of league titles. Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying to you, though, is, are you surprised by this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, team? yeah. Yeah, I am surprised. Obviously, when we signed him, was Gladys Cunt, because obviously we did need a setter forward. You get me? But I were, I were, if we didn't sign one, I wasn't going to be like, oh my God, we've not signed a setter forward because we won the league without one. But when we got him, I thought, yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy we've got a recognised someone who's going to be up there and a goal-getter. But I'll tell you now, I am absolutely shocked at the start of me. I, I didn't foresee this whatsoever. Um, I thought he'd score because just we create chances and most of our attacking players score goals so but to be fair this start is just a different level it's absolutely frightening to be fair um, yeah. and his goal that, that second goal today on the stretch I just I was saying this on the phone just after the game so I don't know who else in the league scores that goal yeah well it is what it is I mean he's 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 a he's a Viking monster isn't he? he eats up the ground he eats people he eats goals he does all of it he's a lab robot in it do you know what I mean but listen Marty, I've got a couple of VNs here from, yes. from a couple of City and United fans, you know what I mean? So, we'll play it and get into it, innit? This is a City yeah. fan, um, Luke, so this is his take. So, my analysis on the game, I was obviously at the game today. From a City fan's perspective, I was a little bit concerned when I saw the lineup because Rodri wasn't playing and he's our most integral player in terms of the way we play. Um, and I thought if United were going to win, then Martial and Rashford had to play. And I didn't think any of them would have played, obviously, because of injuries. And with, with Rashford starting and Rodri out, I was concerned. But obviously, we've won by three goals. For me personally, I think City were five or six goals better than Manchester United. I think it was men against boys at times. Jack Grealish, I thought, was superb. He's had a lot of stick. What you'll notice about Jack Grealish, if you understand football, is... He might not be a £100 million player in terms of goals and assists, but he never gives the ball away. And for Manchester City, Pep Guardiola loves him because if he can't beat his man, he'll just recycle. He plays very, very safe, but Pep likes that. He'd prefer to lose than concede a goal. I think Akanji turned into Vincent Company today. I think he was absolutely brilliant. What a shrewd piece of business that was. For United, I think um, Anthony took his goal well. I think he's going to be a very good player, but they lacked character. He was he City straight away, just wanted it more. They had the bit between the teeth, Foden was on flames. Don't think Malassia played particularly well. Um, I don't think Ten Hag knows his best team either. I think he's got players and obviously it's a transition period. United will be back, make, make no way about that, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll be back, Manchester United. There's, there's, there's no two ways about that, but I just think City are so much stronger in times. It was like um, an under-15s team against a men's team. Haaland is just a cheat code, like you can't defend against him, low block. Anything you try against Erling Haaland, you just can't because he's rapid and he just ragdolls people. But overall, I was disappointed that we conceded three, but we switched off towards the end. Uh, but regardless of what happens, Walker comes off, Rodri didn't play, Diaz didn't play, um, Laporte didn't play, I know he came on, John Stones didn't play, and City strength in death is just ridiculous. So I think there's there's a massive difference in class. But like I said, football's in cycles. City will win the league for me, but 
Manchester United will be back, but it's going to take a while. It's going to take, take you know, three or four transfer windows. Yeah, so that's that's Luke, the City fan, in it? Big up Luke. Um, and he's obviously, he, he gave a full breakdown there, in it, of what he spoke thought. A lot of, spoke a lot of sense there, to be fair yeah. to, to him. about Not just about City, but United, he seems to know a lot about his stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Mike, what did you make of that? Because um, Luke was saying he doesn't really... He doesn't really fancy Diaz. He thinks he's a good player, but he don't really fancy Diaz as much like as much as other people do. Yeah, yeah. Well, what for just Jay, but he obviously spoke a lot of sense he's the blue. So stupid. No, it's not so nice to hear, it's nice to hear blue talking a lot of sense for once. You've been around you've been around you're not too long, people speak you come over here, you get some proper sensible football chat. We speak to a blue, that's what happens. Um I'll be, be honest with you, that's interesting because I have noticed that. I have pointed out, um, I have thought myself that um, Diaz, there's, there's, there's certain things in, in Diaz's game which kind of make you a bit apprehensive. But like I say, not questioning his ability or how good he is because he is still one of the best centre-backs um, in the league and stuff. But it's interesting that everyone's got their, and it's Pep again, isn't it? You'll speak to a certain City fan. So he, he made some comments there. Um, around his favorite, his preferred partnership around being Laporte and and Stones. I I I believe Stones is in our best two, I can, but I can't split Laporte and Diaz. And I think yeah, I can't split those two. It's interesting, yeah. but a lot of a lot of perceived from the outside is Stones is our weakest setter back. Um, but as as he said there, Akanji's coming and he looks like a Rolls Royce at the minute. Um, yeah. The games he's played so far, he looks undroppable, and that's no, a problem. For the guys that probably, because I think ordinarily, Diaz and Laporte think they're shoo-ins if a big game comes around. He's entered that mix now, and it's not so it's not so safe for those guys. And he's not done anything that's made me think, now nah, he can't play next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's mm-hmm. looking really solid, looking quality. To be fair, absolutely no complaints. And at this at this moment in time, he's looking like a good sign. Yeah, well, I've got um, I've got another I've got another voice note um, opinion from a United fan. Big up Niam, do you know what I mean? He are we going to get any sense on this one or what? Uh, come on, man. We are... <laughs> it's Manchester people, this, you know, there's always sense been spoken. So listen, this is United fan, yeah? Three points in the gaff team. Glad the podcast is back. Thanks for having me. Let's get straight in. So pre-match, for some reason, I was... Quite confident. I don't know. I was feeling a 3-1 United victory. Maybe a 1-0 United victory. But yeah, game kicks off now. And them early bookings to the fullbacks kind of set the tone. It just kind of, this nervous, anxious, rushed, kind of forced feel to our play was just evident. Just giving away the ball so much. It didn't help at all. But um, gets to 1-0 and I'm thinking... We're not playing well. Let's just get to half-time. Best-case scenario here, then try and go again. Then that second goal goes in, and you're thinking, all right, the next goal is very important. 2-1 might can set up something. But if it goes to 3-0, then this could be a messy day. And so it turned to be because the third and fourth go in before half-time. But it's the small percentages. Um, the goal that Foden scores at the back post, I want to see a bit more effort from Lindelof to stop that ball going across. Um, the one that Haaland scores with a beautiful ball from Kevin De Bruyne, might I add. But I want to see a bit more percentage effort from De Gea in trying to stop that. It just looks a beaten man as soon as it hits, um, as soon as it, well, yeah, as soon as Haaland's on it. But 
Bad day at the office. Glad for Anthony and Martial to get goals. Not in the context of this game, because I never thought the comeback was on. But just to help their confidence going forward. And yeah, to summarise, to finish up. I think we people overhyped and overanalyzed the significance of winning four on the bounce. Um, and I don't think people should overhype the significance of getting smacked off City because that can happen. So I don't, you know, it's not a, oh my God, United are suddenly rubbish again. Just got to um, regroup and go again. And lastly, I just hope the, the injury to Varane's nothing that's going to keep him out for too long. But yeah, big up. I'll be tuning in every week. Keep the content coming, guys. Speak soon. So, yeah, yeah. So, he, he, he started off with a howl, thinking that you were going to win, but he spoke some real sense there about um, not getting too carried away with the ups and downs of things and stuff and, and that. But, yeah, yeah, some, some solid points there, I thought, um, and analysed the game quite well in that. I thought, yeah. yeah. Now, for real, because I, even I had a little bit of confidence about me when I woke up this woke up in the morning, do you know what I mean? I thought, you know what? United could possibly get something, you know, because they seem to do well at the Etihad, do you know what I mean? So, I woke up feeling a, a bit a bit good, like, 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 Niam did, do you know what I mean? So, but he's right though, isn't it? Like, can't go too overboard. And it's a process, isn't it, with Man United? We all know that, do you know what I mean? There's a long way to go, isn't it? It's still early. How many, how many weeks has 10 had competitive football? What, six weeks or so? Seven weeks? Very early, isn't it, Marty? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, listen, you know, you're looking at a manager that's still finding his feet against a manager who's got, you know, a team that I think we can all agree is going to walk walk the Premier League this season or make very, you know, light work of it. So it's different, you know, different levels in it. We've just got to sort of brush ourselves down, as as Ernie was alluding to there, and, and crack on again. And, you know, not sort of, you've got to learn from this game and you've got to take on board what's gone wrong and learn from it and move on from it, but also be able to sort of, not let it define you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't be keep thinking, oh, this is it now. We can't challenge the, the top teams. We have to learn from it. And I think Tanag spoke about that, that belief, and we mentioned it earlier. And we've got to get that belief in these players. Otherwise, it's going to be a very, very long season. Um, yeah. I spoke to, um, I've got a couple of people there that were at the game who, who sent me um, voice notes as well. I've got Dave Mooney, who's a City fan. I'm just going to, uh, I'll add it in one sec. Well, that was a game, wasn't it? Um... I actually thought the full-time result in the end uh, flattered United a little bit. I thought United were comfortably well off the pace for a good 60, 70, 80 minutes of that game. And then City kind of took the foot off the gas and, and let you back in. And it's, to be honest with you, it's, it's left me, the fact that United scored twice in the, in the final minutes, has kind of left me coming out of the stadium feeling a little bit like City have wasted the chance to put in a proper kick in when, when the opportunity was there. I mean, 6-1 after, what, 75 minutes? or so um, you're starting to look at, at, at getting the biggest derby score ever and then you come away with actually only a three goal win um, it sounds awfully spoiled doesn't it but yeah um, it, it, it just feels like one of those what might have been moments um, you can't ultimately you can't be disappointed with the performance on the whole uh, I thought City were were very very good at times in that game um, Haaland is just phenomenal three home hat-tricks in a row is well it's ridiculous it's the first time ever in the Premier League um, Foden boyhood City fan getting a hat-trick in the derby it's it's the stuff of dreams so you can't be too disappointed with how it's finished in the end um, you just kind of wish that that City had, had properly made up for the 90s and my childhood and you know having to go to school after another derby humiliation of uh, at Old Trafford so uh, it would have been nice to 
to, to kind of take the record and get the biggest ever score. But, you know, still only three points, isn't it? So uh, three more points. I think that's back to within a point of the uh, Arsenal at the top of the table. And, uh, yeah, City City playing well. So uh, so we'll take it. Yeah. yeah. It says it all out, doesn't it, when you, City fans are a bit disappointed they didn't break the record? Yeah, no, so I, have to, I, have to, I have to agree. I, I was a little bit... That's, I wanted to go on and give you a right old pummeling because it would have been good listening to this. It would have been good, good, good. It would have been good on here if, if nothing else. But he, he makes a good point, which can't go underestimated. A man scoring a hat trick in a derby for your boiled team. I, that is the stuff of dreams. I, I can't, I don't think it's happened in my lifetime. Um, no, for real. No, I can't, you, can't, you can't knock that. That's, that, that's yeah. everything, isn't it? As, as for a kid, you get that's everything. You know what I mean? So with with that, I, I fully agree with you on that one, bro. Well, this one I got um, Lamin, United fan. Let's hear it. Yes. Wow, um, horrible, horrible result. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I have to look into the positives. You know, we won the second half three two. Scored three goals away at the Etihad. Yeah, you can say it's consolation. Yeah, you can say it's saving face. But that's the only thing we can take from this. And that he scored a screamer. Marshall scored a great uh, top bins penalty. Um, that is the only positive we can take from this game. You know, first half, shocking. Sancho giving the ball away way too easy. Rashford giving the ball away. Sloppy. Uh, never looked up for it. There was no press. De Bruyne just ran the show. Foden, Haaland, unstoppable. Painful, painful result. Um, but like I said, we won the second half 3-2, and that's all we can take from it. Um, and I'll clutch onto that. Um, the main thing now is how do we react uh, in the next game? That's all I care about now. This game's in the past. How do we react to this game? Um, but yeah, huge, huge uh, defeat. And uh, we have to go again. Yeah, let me, let me do whatever the United fans going to do. Yo, we won the second half, though. Do you know what, though, right? <laughs> it's, absolutely, it's absolutely embarrassing, that please. No, no, do you know what, right? Can... And and I, I know I mean, I love the guy. I, I want to say this as well. At half time, I was saying the only thing we can do now is win this second half. Like go out there and restore a little bit of pride. You know what that is though? That's just patching up our hearts, isn't it? That's all yeah. it is. It's just yeah, all of course it is. it is. And I'm glad you've admitted it. That's all it is. Yeah. You absolutely got a big tonking on the end of it. You come there, you got six, got it for six, and that, and now you're looking for everything in the book to see. Well, it, yeah, it weren't that bad, was it really? Listen, it was bad. It, it was we, bad. We, we played our part in a nine-goal thriller. Yeah, hey, listen, right. <laughs> well, listen, I've got another was, city angle here. It was end-to-end end stuff. Hey, i got another city angle here now from Yannicka. Yan, talk to us, please. Yeah, I was actually very surprised by today's result, to be honest. I think when I saw that Rodri wasn't in the lineup, I was worried because I thought he, for me, is our most important player. I think Pep Systems in general rely heavily on the DM having a good game. Um, and I thought, oh, without Rodri, I know Gundogan has done it before, but he isn't a six, he is an eight. So I was kind of expecting with the team that Man United have, for them to cause us some problems. Obviously, we do have Haaland at the other end, which is, you know, great. But at the same time, there's only so much I thought he could do. But yeah, it was brilliant. Perfect start. We needed an early goal to take the pressure off, which we got. Uh, went 2-0 up in a decent time as well. 4-0 at half-time. I don't even think when City were terrible and United were good that we were ever in a 4 nil down situation so the first half was absolutely excellent and let's be honest it could have and probably should have been more than four um and then the second half i think we started okay 
Um, the Anthony goal was brilliant. You can't really fault that. Um, I don't think that was anyone's fault in particular. Maybe they could have closed him down, but I think that was just a brilliant goal from him. And then I think Pep just made a few too many subs. We didn't end up having a DM on at the end, which I think is a big mistake. And obviously Man United sort of got back into the game. I think the 6-3 doesn't reflect the performance from City. So, yeah, not impressed at the sort of last 10, 20 minutes. But before that, I thought it was brilliant. And yeah, there's a lot of positives. We needed the three points. We don't really need the goal difference. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy with the result. And hopefully we can do the same at Old Trafford. <laughs> I just think we missed an opportunity to sort of make history score-wise um, today. But, yeah, I'm happy. Two hat-tricks from the two City fans, or two of the City fans in the squad. So I'm very, very happy. Hey, listen, Yannicka wanted the Guinness World Book of Records scoreline and all that. The second one, man. The second one that said that. Said about looking at the records. Yeah, but you know, I'll tell you what she did say. She said Anthony's goal was brilliant. So that's the only thing we could take from that, Motty. Do you get me? Say that. We won the second half and Anthony's goal was brilliant. (laughs) 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 Hey, Mike, you've got to admit it was a great goal, man. Come on. If no one's gonna close you down, like everyone's at walking pace. So you're gonna be me. No one really put a foot in it. The, the, the game was like, give him some props, man. Give the game lost a lot of intensity you know, at that point, really. And then boom, once he scored yeah. that, I think it was four, you know, that point, and the game lost a lot of intensity. He's done, gone, scored that. Then bang, we thought, oh, what's going on here? Five, six, immediately. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> this guy will make an excuse what? for anything. Do you, know you know what? I look, do you know what? I've got to give some credit to today, though. Anthony Martial, man, when he got his goal, was it 6 2, his first one? <laughs> and he grabs that ball, bless him. <laughs> out the back of the net arguing hey, and listen come on come on lads and he looks yeah. around and everyone's like looking at him Andy what you want about so? hey listen come on. Well, listen I've got a last the last, the last uh, I've got a last voice note from a United fan here so um, Ingham talk to us bro do you know what it's a tough one I had to I had to sit on it for a bit and, and get my head around it but um, probably the main takeaway for me is just a reminder of where the two teams are at um, I feel like you'll cover Haaland and Foden to death, so there's no point talking about them too. But just as an overall reminder that United have still got work to do. Um, obviously, the game's dead and buried, but there's, there's positives to be taken out the second half because we had a similar game against Liverpool last year and just lost 5-0. Um, so you can take the positives where you can. But, yeah, it's a reminder of the where we're at and, and where they're at, which is probably arguably the best team in the world and they were that last year without the big robot up front so you add that guy in and and this is what you get um just levels i, I can't say any more than that um fair play to them big shout out for bernardo silva because i feel like everyone to rave about folding and harland but bernardo was top draw for me on the day um and yeah eric's got work to do well you ain't wrong you ain't wrong Eric's got a lot of work to do. And United, as we know, is a process. Do you know what I mean? But, Mike, what did you make of Bernardo? Yeah, top drawer and that. Like you say, I'm, I'm glad uh, Ings, Ings mentioned him there because he goes under the radar a bit when he plays a bit deeper, Bernardo. Um, but, yeah, I thought I thought, I thought, he, was, I thought he was class today. Um, I thought he got on the ball, kept it moving, done some tidy bits. Just, just The ball just sticks to his foot like groove and he just sends other midfielders into a spin. He's just a joy to watch. I just love watching him play. And yeah, he, he, he's, he's as, as you know from last year, I've always said, 
he gets in any City's best eleven for me. Uh, whether it's in the front three or the three behind, he can do each job quite adequately and that's all. So, yeah, I'm out, but I'm absolutely no complaints. I don't think anyone had a bad game today. So, you know, it's difficult to, as you're going around, like you said, the, the plot that everything, the plot is going to go to, to folding, scoring a hat-trick and having with that that freak of a finisher again and, and, and just making sure, causing, occupying defences like, like he does. But like I say, the work that Bernardo does, does go unnoticed sometimes and a lot of our the, the, the folding goals and chances and hiding chances and goals don't come without the work rate of those guys behind him. And Bernardo is key to that. No, I hear you. Um, but before we hear the last City um, opinion, um, we've got to have another word to one of our sponsors. Um, Falcona Private Jets is a charter broker company based at Manchester Airport. Falcona specialises in private jet charter flights around Europe. Whether it's for business or pleasure, Falcona Private Jets will source a modern aircraft from their professional marketplace to suit your travel arrangements and needs. For a quote, you can visit their website at www.falconaprivatejets.com or call 0161 436 0124. So, people, make sure you go and check them out, yeah? Falcona <laughs> Private Jets. You know private what I'm saying? So, listen for the. Yeah, Master, master, give him a call for the next trip to Wembley. To be honest with you, you know what? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, listen, why not? Do you know what I mean? Why not, bro? But um, but yeah, we've I'll got tell you what, if we if we get to Wembley, I might take a private jet because I want to tell it, make the most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, isn't it, boy? We get a private jet funded. Yeah, come on. Hey, but again for a while. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hear the last opinion um, from another city fan. Imran, big up Imran. Hi guys. I'm glad you guys are back. Glad the podcast is back. And most importantly, I'm glad it's back in time for this weekend. And um, I'm looking forward to listening to it tomorrow. But yeah, let's talk about the game. I think it was, um, what a game, what a performance by City. It was total domination right from the start. Our centre-backs, them two, you've got to give them credit. Akanji... How he's adapted to this team this quick is um, is surprising. Um, prior to this, I've, I'd heard of him, but I mean, I didn't know much about this guy. But wow, what a player he looks like, and um, I expect him to to really, really improve um, over over his time at City. And you know what? Pairing with Aki, Aki was brilliant today. Um, this guy, he's he's not disappointed when he's played. And we were dominating games before he got injured, and and then we've we've dropped some points whilst um, he's been injured. But do you know what, Pundit? You need to upgrade this guy's status. He's no longer Cat D or Class Cat C. I think he needs to be up there on Cat B now, and I think he'll he'll keep improving, and possibly he could he could turn turn into a Cat A defender. Um, I think midfield midfield we dominated. We dominated, and this this the usual guys, um, Gundogan and um, Bernardo. A little bit worried at the start that um, Rodri wasn't playing, but I still had faith in the team. Still, still knew that Gundogan, you know, has played that position in the past, and um, you know these guys were the workhorses in midfield, especially Bernardo. He was covering some serious distance, and I won't be surprised if he he was the guy that covered the most distance this game. Um, and Grealish, what 
what a performance by Grealish. He was brilliant last season against you guys, and I think he was today, caused some serious problems problems along that left. But I think you, you guys need to stop stop with um, you know having a go at Grealish and maybe start looking at Sancho because the money he's coming for, I do, I don't see I don't see um, what you know what the buzz is about about him. He's not really produced um, for the amount he's been bought for. And really, I think um, he's the one that should be criticised today. He was he was non-existent. And then finally, I think our front three, our main three, which is um, our superstars, um, KDB, Foden, and Haaland. These guys are going to continue, you know, producing for for our club for for the next few seasons. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a brilliant performance and um, all, all year all all round. And um, I'm glad I'm glad that we we won that derby. I think the at the end of it, the the scoreline was um, a little bit flattering for you guys. Hey, listen, Flat, Imran's... flattering again. That's that word. I know. It flattered us. But listen, Imran's trying to move cut the Aki up to cut A quite swiftly. Listen. I, I agree. Listen, Nathan Aki's done all right, you know. He's coming and silently. No, don't yeah, he's done all right. Done all right. <laughs> he's done all right. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you going to say? He's been using some confidence now, What? What did you just say, then? I said, are you going to start calling him the new Vincent Company now, also? He's done all I'm right. Calling... He's D, then he's got moved up. Nathan Aki, who performed very well when we've gone and done you for six. Is that all right? <laughs> listen, he, listen, he's done all right. He's coming and he's, he's getting petrosing more. So I, I agree with him, man. He can move up a category, but it's not cat A yet. Let's not get carried away. Do you get me? But it's cat C. That's all right for Aki. But yeah, him man made some good points there still. Do you know what I mean? In, in regards to in regards to United and Sancho and Grealish, obviously. A lot, a lot, like, like, like he said in it, a lot of uh, Grealish has come under fire a lot in it. Do you know what I mean? But Sancho, the spotlight's turning hot onto Sancho. Do you know what I mean, Motty? So, yeah. Yeah, is that, is, that, is that it from your voice notes? I've got one more here, Pundit. We've got time for one more from Alexa. Yeah, man. This is Derby Day. Man. Yeah, he was, he, was at the, he was at the Derby and he was getting a bit of grief, I think, off City fans. Yeah, sorry, one minute. I'll play this for you guys now. So, obviously, we lost 6-3 to City today. Um, I was at the game. Uh, I was in the away end. And do you know what? I know everyone's going to overreact and talk about how bad we were. And we were poor. Um, but I'm not too discouraged because I still think this team is going forward. It's got clear vision. And yeah, some players had bad games today. And we had a bad day. But ultimately, City, unfortunately, are one of the best teams in the world. And that can happen. And I'm still going to look at the four wins we've got before this rather than just going, we've lost 6-3 today. Last year when we lost away at City, I was worried because there was no direction. It was hopeless under Randnick, absolutely hopeless. Now, yeah, it was an awful day. None of us enjoyed it. It was horrible. But I know we've got a direction. We've got a clear style of play that Ten Hag's still implementing. Players who, yeah, they weren't great today, but players like Dallow, McTominay, who have improved loads under Ten Hag, who are going to continue to improve. We've got Casemiro to come in. Anthony scored a great goal today. Martial scored two. I know it's horrible. I hated it. I hated every second that's getting taunted by City fans. But I didn't feel the hopelessness in the way that I felt in previous years. I just felt a sense of, we've lost a game. This is obviously awful. But I know we'll be back because I know we've finally got a manager with a plan. 
and clear tactics. So awful day, but we'll be back and it's not the end of the world. Hey, we'll, hey, be, hey. we'll be back he, and it's not the end of the world. That's what he's saying. He, he sounds like one of the lot that was trying to get rushed back for the 315 to Kent. He lives in Fallowfield, the kid. Don't be giving him that. He's what? He lives in Fallowfield, I think. Oh, I tell you what, where, where was everyone going? 25 minutes in. And, and to be fair to Alexei, he stuck it out and got some absolute grief off City. Fashion. Hey, listen, I seen a wave of man leaving the stadium, you know, I thought, oh you know, my yeah. God, this is getting, you know, getting beamed across getting beamed across the world. Hello, Do you get me? Man and man are leaving the stadium before the match is ended and all that. I said no. to one of, my, one of, one of my, my pals was there and it was in the group chat and someone said, did you leave after the fourth goal? He said, nah, I did a fuck. I left after the second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Hey, listen, man. You know what? There's the only thing we can do though, Marty, is laugh after, after, the, after the game. It's all you can do is laugh in it because Yo, yeah. that was uh, I was fuming before, but you man cheered me up a little bit still. Do you know what, you right? The, like, even Mike's, Mike's has crapped me up. And, you know, I knew this was going to be horrible. And it was that whole thing where, you know, as the as the fourth goal's going in, you think, this game's over, this is horrible, and I've got to f- do a podcast later with Mike's and he's going to absolutely give it all. <laughs> it has been, it has been a good, we have loads of topics that we we're going to get into, right? Because obviously we're doing a, a longer version now. We're doing once a month. And we wanted to get into all sorts of other topics. We haven't really got time, but there's there's one thing we're going to just do before we wrap up. We're going to do a, a little quote of someone each each month where we look at a quote and different things that people have said. And I'm just going to pick up on one quote for you guys and make what you think of it. And keeping with the, the sort of the theme, we may as well bring it up from the derby. And this is what Eric Tenag had to say about not playing Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo obviously spent the game on the bench. We used five subs United. He didn't. He wasn't one of them. And he says that the reason he didn't take on, or he didn't bring on Ronaldo, sorry, was out of respect for his big career. Pundit, what do you make of that comment from the manager there with, with, with Ronaldo? When you Making that, excuses. He excuses. <laughs> straight away. He's like, oh, what's he talking about? He didn't bring him on because of his big career. What are you talking The guy can score goals. Don't get me wrong, though. What I will say is that I, yeah. don't, I, I agree with him. That he, shouldn't be, he should be on the bench, to be quite honest yeah. with you. But I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to keep the dressing room. He doesn't want Ronaldo so because Ronaldo can sulk. He can sulk when he's ready to sulk. So I understand why he's had to make something up. But come on. I didn't bring him on because of his career. We're not daft. Do you get me? But it is what it is, isn't it? He has to make do with what he's got. He lost the game. He got hammered. Ronaldo's on the bench. Ronaldo's sulking. You brought on Fred before you bring on Ronaldo. You're going to have to say something, can't you? Do you get me? You can't bring on guys yeah, like Fred I, before Ronaldo. I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. Mike's, I mean, I'm sure you're just loving all of this, but what do you what did you make of those comments from Eric Tanak? I felt it shown a lack of how can I put this? Being commanded in a big dressing room. I don't okay. think he needed to say that. I personally think he should have just gone. I just didn't feel it was right to bring him on at that time. I'm not sure where explaining that his career, his so Ronaldo's career. Is going to impact his substitutions. That just makes no sense to me. And it just makes no sense. Yeah. He didn't bring him on because he didn't feel it was right to bring him on. Just say that and keep it real with everyone. But actually, I think he's embarrassed Ronaldo a bit more by saying, I didn't want to put him out there when we were 5-0 down. So you've stuck Casemiro out there. What's yeah. What's up with his career? I think it was a bit, it felt like he was he, a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a Ralph Radnick moment. Like, guys in love with Ralph, you know. Ralph used to throw little comments. It's never gonna end. 
he's not really experiencing managing these because let's just let's just have it right here. Ajax are a big club, but he never had a world superstar at Ajax that he was managing, and he has at Man United. And it's coming across like he oh, doesn't really know what to do with it. I get what you say. It's a bit. It's a bit like when Mark Hughes took over City, isn't it? Like, you know, no, it weren't like when Mark Hughes took over. It was a bit like Mark <laughs> Hughes at City. <laughs> yeah. A bit like Brian Orton. Yeah, Brian, Brian Orton and all them, man. That's a great shout, Motty. Brian Orton. <laughs> Brian Orton thinking, what's this? What's this Premier League thing? You know what, lads? I don't think we broke down every single one of the six goals properly. Are we going to go back and that or what? <laughs> Do you know what, mate? It's, it's a shame, man, because we've run out of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Amazingly, right? This has cheered me right up, honestly. We've had to take our medicine, haven't we, Pundit? Yeah, we've fair, had to take fair, it, man. Fair play, mate. It's, it's been a good laugh and um, a big shout-out as well. Uh, Pundit, you do the honours. A big shout-out to the sponsors once more before we wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, big big shout out to Falcona Private Jets. Make sure you go check them out, people. I gave you the um, the website before. One more time, www.falconaprivatejets.com or call 0161436-0124. And also, DNA Sports Management, specialising in sporting families, supporting families and providing first-class representation. Make sure you go on their website, www.falconaprivatejets.com dnmaysportsmgt.com go check them out they're doing some good stuff so yeah big up big up big up the sponsors do you know what I mean and big up all of you lot as well actually that have tuned in tuned right yes. back in that have been supporting the team do you know what I mean for over 12 months so yeah man welcome back to your wherever you are across the world especially the Mancunians hold yourself tight hold tight you know what I mean the red half and the blue half but yeah man go on Marty yeah, no, a big listen, big thanks to listeners. A, a loads of people, you know, do a lot of stuff, but loads of people I get asked about this podcast more than anything else. When's three points in a gaff back? Well, we are back. And a big shout out as well to everyone that sent us voice notes. And do you know what? I am going to be biased, especially those United fans that sent them in after that horrible <laughs> afternoon. It's easy to send in a voice note when you've just battered your derby rivals. But when yeah. you've been on the receiving end of it, it takes a little bit more metal to, to, to go through hey. that one. So, hey, well, yeah. Motty. I've got about oh. 10 packets of chocolate digestive to get through tonight. Are you, are you out of the fridge or what, bro? <laughs> <laughs> hey, get the music on, man, because you know what? It's been a sad day for Manchester United. It's been a great day for Manchester City. But listen, people, three points in the gaff. You know where we're at. First Monday of every single month throughout this season. Make sure you tune in and support and share and like and all that type of thing. We're on Twitter. If you don't know, get to know. We're there. Do you know what I mean? So listen, people. Once again, thank you for tuning in and we'll be back next month with more to talk about. Do you know what I mean? It's been it's been wonderful. It's been hard for us United fan, but it's been great to talk to the lads and that. Me, Pundit J, I'm here with Jay Motty, been here with Mike and all of the guys that sent the voice notes in and all of you lot that are tuned in. Big up yourselves. Until next time, yeah, we're gone. Sports Social Podcast Network.